are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Sun Devil fans, in this Monday edition of the podcast, we're going to be talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. There are no game balls for this week after another loss. There are some good things that we can still build upon that we can take into the, the following game after our bye week. There is still a lot of bad things that we need to focus on. And then the last segment that we're going to be getting into is just the ugly. There's quite a bit that we're going to be talking about. It's probably going to be the longest portion of our podcast. We are just as frustrated as you are, and you can hear it in our voice. Uh, so let's let's at least kind of get into this podcast. Richie, how are you doing? Connor, I I am just okay. I I was able to drink my sorrows away with lots of Dr. Pepper and ice water and went to bed at a very reasonable hour and woke up and watched my professional football team win. So I I've kind of put this Sun Devils loss out of my head, mainly because it just hurts so much considering how great they looked in the first half. We can all talk about this game in therapy, right? I need a lot of it. It's uh, it's just, it's so frustrating. I, I can't tell you how many people I, I saw on Twitter or any other source talked about how much of a collapse it was, right? And it was. But we'll, we'll get into that in the, a little bit later into our podcast. Let's at least tell listeners where we can find us. Uh, at least on Twitter, you can find me at Cedrios. And find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36. Make sure to follow our Twitter page as well for Locked on Sun Devils. That's at LO underscore Sun Devils. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast. Never miss an episode. We are doing content Monday through Friday uh, for everything Sun Devils related. So that football and basketball coming up as well. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or the Odyssey app. Wherever else you get your podcasts as well. Before we, we dig into all the bad that this game was. And there's a lot of it. Let's at least start with the good. And mainly the first half. If you would have told me that we had lost by two possessions after going into halftime, I don't think I would have believed you. Because of how well we played in the first half. Was it perfect? No. We, we didn't score in every possession, and we didn't shut them out. That would be a perfect game. But it was pretty darn good, especially compared to expectations. It was supposed to be a, a hard-fought game. And for a while it was during the second half. But what stood out to you at least in the first half for the good? Well, like you said, the first half, the Sun Devils executed so tremendously. We were in the driver's seat for the vast majority of that game. And let, let me take that back. We were in the driver's seat for the first half and like considerably ahead of everything that Utah was doing. We were stale, stalemating them on every one of their offensive drives. Jaden was going right down the field. We were scoring touchdowns, put up 21 points in the first half and held Utah to seven. We looked completely in control of that game, and there seemed to be no no possible chance that Utah could climb back into it. And one of the biggest reasons why is because Jaden Daniels came to play. Daniels looked like an absolute gamer on the day, threw a couple of touchdowns again, was spreading the ball around pretty well, and he just looked like a very confident thrower of the ball. He had all three of those touchdowns too. It just You were watching him play... It- and after what was potentially a career night against UCLA, it's just 
this kid seemed to be coming into his own. It, he was evolving, especially as a passer. He was consistently passing. It wasn't just a dink and dunk kind of offense, but he was finding a ton of open guys, and the offense seemed to open up quite a bit more outside of just the run game. So it, it was so great to see Jaden play that way in the first half. We didn't have any turnovers. It just didn't carry into the second half. No, it didn't. And if we can highlight some of his guys that played well, Curtis Hodges had the best game of his very young season and perhaps of his Arizona State career. Hodges looked really good. He looked like that yards after catch guy that we've been waiting to see. Scored his first touchdown on the season and put together the best performance um, of, of any of the pass catchers. Rashad White continued to look good. Trey Anum continued to look good. The few touches that Nagata had, he did something with them. Yeah, uh, again, Hodges has been one of my favorite uh, favorite players to watch in this season just to see him get better and better. You don't see too many of the pass catchers get more than what seems to be like five or six targets for most games in and out. Uh, so for the pass catchers, it's kind of what what are you doing with, with what little you have, right? If you're getting four or five passes thrown your way, um, you're not going to see somebody go off like Ricky Pearsall did for like a, a hundred plus yards too, too often. So there are uh, some receivers starting to step up. They even talked about it, I think, during the game. There really is just no X receiver, right? They talked uh, about Ricky Pearsall a lot and talked about how much of a, I don't want to say gadget player, because that's not even the word they use, but how effective he can be, especially in multiple facets of the game. Uh, Curtis Hodges was having a good game, so they talked about him as well. Uh, but again, there's just still no number one receiver in this offense. Um, it just continues to show. And and putting putting a positive spin on that, since we're still in the in the good segment of this, is the Sun Devils didn't necessarily need that guy this week. Daniel still completed just about 65% of his passes and tossed over 200 yards again and spread the ball around really well. And guys were making plays and they were stepping up big time throughout the game and you had a lot of guys who were contributing in different ways there was yards after catch there were clutch they were just clutch grabs in general all in all the the passing game looked pretty in sync i would say so we are now two consecutive weeks where the Senegal defense has gone up against a quarterback who has not yet to throw an interception and what happened uh we had several interceptions so last week we had three and this week we had two against uh cameron rice I even tweeted this out on Twitter, I think, during the game, or at least retweeted it. Since the start of 2019, the Sun Devils lead the Pac-12 in forced turnovers. It, it shows every single game. It feels like they're going to slow down. There's just no way they can keep forcing that many interceptions, recovered fumbles, whatever it is throughout the game. And no matter who their opponent is, they're always giving their own offense another chance, or they're giving them uh, another opportunity on the opponent's side of the field. And we definitely capitalize that. Uh, capitalized on it in the first half, uh, but we didn't have anything in the second half, which you can't totally pin on the defense, right? The turnovers happen, they're great, and they're definitely a plus for your team, but you don't have to just win a game because of it. So just because they didn't force any afterwards, that is what it is. Yeah, and the defense, though, those two interceptions were absolutely awesome. Uh, I, I'm spacing on his name. Excuse me. So we had Darian Butler, obviously, made himself an, an appearance once again, and became the focal point of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast, the way he always does. And Quan Markham, one of the defensive backs, also came down with an interception. And he he's kind of been, has been very quietly making some plays for the Sun Devils defense. And he got to actually assert himself 
into the starlight when he got that clutch interception off of Cameron Rising. And I already mentioned, but Darian Butler once again proves to be a shining star on this defense. And I'm curious if NFL executives and scouts have began to notice Butler in terms of the draft. Very true. We'll see that later on throughout the season, uh, especially as players start to get their senior bowl invites. But Richie, I don't know about you, man. That's that's all the good I was able to come away with this game. That that seems like a decent amount of good. Here Here's the only caveat. That was all in the first half. Yeah, that's so unfortunate. Uh, again, as I started the very first part of the segment, if you told me we lost by two possessions, unfortunately, I'm not going to name names. Somebody, when watching the game, told their co-host, hey, I thought, or I, at least I told you that I was more concerned about Stanford than I was Utah. And what do you know? We're up by two possessions. And and where did that get you? Unfortunately, that was me. And we lost by 14 points at the end of the, the half. So Yeah, way, way to go, Connor. I, I swear it's always your fault. But in all actuality, the Sun Devils are 0-2. When we bring on a fellow Locked On podcast host who talks about a team from the state of Utah, so we have officially banned any Utah Locked On podcast hosts from ever appearing on this podcast. Of course, we're kidding, but we're also not kidding. We'll go to their podcast next time. They can host us. Exactly. We're not doing this again, Brian, looking specifically at you. Or Jake. Uh but anyways, that is the mainly Brian. That is the first segment for the, uh, the Monday edition of this podcast. Next, we're going to be talking about what went bad. There's things that went worse. What was bad that the Sun Devils need to fix going forward after their bye week? You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. All right, college football fanatics, have you guys heard of Price Picks yet? I sure would hope so with how much I talk about it on the pod. But if you haven't, because you've been under a rock, let me tell you, Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Price Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy and offers more college football props than anyone in the world, including star players of the Power Five and mid-major players you might not have even heard of. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns and even interceptions. Check this out. I got an awesome, awesome deal for you guys. When you use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get a 100% deposit match up to $100. So think about it like this. You deposit 100 you use the promo code locked on, you just got yourself another hundred dollars. Here's how price picks works pick two to five players and an over under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. And the best part is it's just you versus projections. Price picks offers mixed sports entries as well. So you can take the over on LeBron James and combine it with the under of Patrick Mahomes in the exact same entry. So use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Remember, the entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals, too. So don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com and remember to use that promo code locked on or go to the App Store and download the app today. We're back for our second segment talking about the bad. But again, thanks for making Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm not going to lie, that good segment went quite a bit longer uh, than I thought it was going to. In terms of what went bad for this team, let's talk about the drops. Jaden Daniels did play pretty well, but his receivers definitely didn't do him any favors. I believe, uh, and we've talked about this before, Andre Johnson had two targets, I believe it was, and I think he had drops on both of them. Granted, one of them was a a pretty tough catch, but still, two targets, two drops. That's just not going to cut it. 
No, you need guys that can step up. We highlighted Andre Johnson continuously as someone that we thought could be a go-to guy, and he has just proven that he is not capable of that. I'm not saying that he can't turn it around. I'm not saying that he is not someone that should be taken completely out of the game plan. Not at all, because he has that he has that ability to be the deep threat, but he does not have the ability to be the go-to receiver that we were really hoping he would be. And I mean, we'll give him we'll give him some some grace because he is a freshman. It's not like we should be expecting this guy to be a all Pac-12 selection for wide receiver. But we are we are asking that you be consistent, and you're just not. Uh, LV Bunkley Shelton was fine. He had that huge 59-yard catch, but other than that, he only caught one of his other five targets. Rashad White was still solid, and uh, did we talk about Brian Thompson? Let's talk about Brian Thompson. This was supposed to be his homecoming game against his former Utah Utes where he spent so much time, and he he squandered it. He had one catch for four yards on three targets. And he had a drop as well. I was going to say. Really in the first quarter, he had a, a drop, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. Yeah, he did, have a, he did have a drop, so... He definitely did not show up the way that we were hoping he would against his former team. It wasn't a revenge game, but we were definitely anticipating that he could show out and just ball out, and he he didn't. So just more inconsistencies from the receiving core that we've come to expect at this point, regardless of how great Jaden has been as a passer. Death, taxes, and playing terrible against the tight ends. Now this week, we may not be able to say the word terrible, but you still gave up two touchdowns. It, it just feels like no matter who we're playing against, it, granted, going into this game, uh, the Utes had a, a couple pretty good tight ends on their side, and we had talked about uh, that with Brian on the podcast last week for the Friday edition. So we at least knew going into it that, that might be an area where the, the Sun Devils could struggle. But instead of giving up a, a ton of yardage, we gave up two more touchdowns. I will say as good as our linebackers are, for some reason covering a tight end is just not something they can do. It, it's really astounding that despite how good Darian Butler and Merlin Robinson have proven to be, we struggle against the tight ends. And maybe it's because these two were kind of limited in pass coverage is the point where I'm starting to get. I want to start taking a deeper look at everything because Butler flashes in the front seven, but I sure don't see his name that much in pass coverage. And the same thing kind of goes for Merlin Robinson at this point. They're both studs against a run and great presences in the front seven. But I feel like like where there's smoke, there's fire. We're struggling against a tight end, and it's not a coincidence that we don't hear their names called very often in pass coverage, which is weird because they have four interceptions between the two of them. And granted, I'm not, I don't remember who's giving up these touchdowns, so I, I can't single out a specific linebacker in coverage. But you bring up a good point for how – how many turnovers that they have a, a, at least attributed to this defense. Like they, they are, I don't want to say ball hawks, but they're very capable. So you would think that they should be able to, to, to stop a tight end, but it's, it's becoming a pattern, right? It, it's one of those things where you hope they'd be able to make some adjustments with as good as this defense is. You think it just wouldn't be a weak in and out thing. So anytime we have a, a solid tight end that we're going up against, we just seem to make them one of the best tight ends in the nation. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, on the box score, it sure it not surely it certainly looks like we did much better. But unfortunately, you did give up the two touchdowns to Brent Cuthy, and that's the backbreaker right there. Is that ended up being the straw that broke the camel's back? 
was those two touchdowns, both that came in the second half, and it just it, it was devastating every single week. We cannot stop the tight end. It is consistently a struggle for us, and I don't know if it's ever going to get any better. Between the drops and the issues that we have at tight end. Oh, and I, I did want to highlight Curtis Hodges, even though he had a really great game receiving, he did have a really bad fumble that ended up turning the ball over on a promising drive. So I did just want to highlight that real quick, that Curtis Hodges wasn't perfect. Man, every single replay I watched of that, I was really hoping he was going to be down. But every single time, I was just like, nope, nope, definitely a fumble. It was just, it was more painful every time I had to go back and watch it. Yeah, you're just kind of like eyes closed, fingers in your ears, la 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 la. I can't, I can't see you. You, you didn't fumble. La, yeah. la 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 la. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so with that, we're gonna get into our third and final segment, talking about the ugly. This is easily gonna be the longest portion of today's podcast. <laughs> Depressingly, one of the most frustrating losses I have seen, not by this Sun Devils team, not in college football, in all of sports. I can't remember a time I've been just so distraught after having to watch a game like that. You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Has someone ever tried to sell you on their favorite protein bar without ever trying it? How can you take their word for it? There's so many out there, and without actually ever trying them it, with all these delicious flavors, such as Built Bar has, how are you ever going to know? Well, did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors overall? They have coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, and even the limited time flavor occasionally. So really, there's going to be something for everyone. You know what my favorite is? It's definitely that double chocolate. I absolutely cannot get enough of that, whether it is before or after a workout. Love getting some of that in my daily diet. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're also healthy too. Depending on which flavor you have, they have 17 to 18 grams of uh, protein, uh, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, ranging in 130 to 180 calories, and about 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get that raspberry or even that double chocolate or whatever else you like. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We're back for our third and final and most depressing segment of this podcast. <sighs> Richie. Yes, he? If you have a loss, I, I think it's fair to say that we can be impartial and say, man, we really got beat. It happens. Like, nobody goes undefeated unless your name's Alabama on most even and most odd years, I guess, at that point as well. If, if they were to go into this game, it was a hard-fought game in the first half. We didn't have a, such a big lead, and we didn't get absolutely destroyed on both sides of the ball in the second half. I would have at least conceded and said Utah was the better team. We're sitting here losing by 14 points, and I, I still even wouldn't say Utah was the better team. They were in the second half by a large margin. I, I feel like if we played them several times, we'd be able to, to beat them the majority of the time. But that's not how this works. You get one shot, and they absolutely destroyed you in the second half. I, I'm just so I'm so dumbfounded how you don't get any points uh, uh, in two different quarters. I understand Utah's got a good defense, but we also had a good offense. We had a good rhythm. Jaden was playing well. You didn't even get a field goal. They at least <laughs> they at least attempted a field goal, and that absolutely belongs in the ugly segment. Dude, Logan Tyler. I, I just... Awful. That, that ball, I, it might have as well have been like a ground ball. It barely got above the ground. It might not even... 
it might not have even gotten above the very bottom of the goalpost. It was not even close. I, I don't, I'm not so certain that I couldn't have kicked it just as bad. I know I could have missed it, but I think I could have potentially at least gotten closer. I, I know I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't have gotten it closer. I wouldn't have done much better, but truly, I, I don't think I could have done much worse. There was, it, that play was also weird in general because uh, the kicking unit was not all on the same page. Logan Tyler ran onto the field somewhat late, and it was like, okay, time to kick. Like, I don't know if it was just like a lot of athletes have like a, a – uh, let's just call it like a pre-kicking motion, right? Obviously, where they take several steps back, and then they move to either the left or right. Like, they always go through that, and maybe Logan just was, I don't know, he was just kind of thrown off his rhythm. But either way, terrible kick, but you absolutely got shut out on offense in the second half. But we can't even say that it was just on the offense as a whole, right? This was just a, a bad display by the entire team in the second half. Even if the defense had given up all the points they did, they gave up 35 points, but you were somehow able to win like 38-35, yes, it'd be a win. It'd be a, a pretty ugly one considering how much you were up. Uh, but it, just, it was both sides, right? Offense was terrible. Defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. Um, I, I think you said, where is the defense about 14 jillion times when we were watching it? And I'm still looking for it. And they've, they've got quite a bit of time to figure it out uh, now going into their bye week. Yeah, well, I don't think they even came out for the second half. And quite frankly, I don't think the offense did either. So if I if I take a second to break down both of them for you, the offense did not put up 100 total yards in the second half. I don't even know if they put up 50. Going into the fourth quarter, they had less than 20. They might have even had less than 10. I It was unbelievable how terribly they played in the second half. They couldn't move the chains. They couldn't catch the ball. They couldn't capitalize on any field position that they had whatsoever. But for what it's worth, it's not like they had great field position at any point because the defense just became a walk-on mat or like like a, a welcome mat. That's doormat, yeah. yeah, a doormat. That that was the word I was looking for. But they became a doormat. They just got walked right over, and people scuffed or not people. The the Utah Utes offense just scuffed their boots all over us, and it just oh my god. I, I don't know how to describe it without using the same words over and over again. It was embarrassing. I was embarrassed to be watching that football game, truly. It was one of those games, Connor, and to our listeners. I I don't remember the last time I sat and watched a game and was just in disbelief to the point where I'm smiling and laughing, just sitting there like, of course it would happen. Of course, of course. It was just nonstop. And it felt like every time we're sitting there, like, we, it couldn't get any worse. Utah comes in and they're like, we've altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it further. Just is that a Star Wars reference? That is a Star Wars reference. Look at you picking up on that. In the Locked on Sunnables podcast, what do you know? It, it just, we will always give credit where credit is due. Utah got the win. We cannot take that away from them. They now have the tiebreaker over us for the remainder of the season. No one's going to talk about the fact that, well, they should have just played better in the second half. Some of the fans might remember it, but once we get to the end of the year, everyone's just going to remember the butt kicking that they gave us in the second half and thought that's kind of how the whole game went. Cameron Rising played a very good game, whether it was through the air or on the ground, minus minus the turnovers, which, again, this is a very opportunistic defense. The fact that he had some turnovers isn't that surprising, but at least in the second half, we gave him a, a, a foothold and he took such an advantage of it, and it showed. Yeah, he wasn't sacked at all. 
and he just maneuvered around the pocket. There were numerous times where I'm sitting there, I'm like, is this Cam Rising or is this Russell Wilson? I, I've never seen the two of them in the same room. So ri- Rising did it with his legs. He's, That'd be pretty incredible considering Russell Wilson's got an injured that that's the most incredible part. But an injured Russell Wilson could have torn apart the second half ASU defense that we saw on Saturday night. Rising ended up with three touchdowns on the night. He had two through the air, one on the ground, and just oh my god, the second half, just like the rest of the Utah team, Rising was on a whole other level of talent. He was spreading the ball around really effectively, and he was killing us with his legs. The the the, the Sun Devils defense continues just like the tight end. They continue to struggle with mobile quarterbacks. Has the son of a team as a whole struggled with penalties? I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure. Has that been a narrative? I believe so. And finishing with this game, they had 13 penalties overall for 115 yards, nine of which were on the offensive side of the ball for 70 total yards. It's not so much that if we cut that even in half that we're back in this game, but you just never know. Maybe drives aren't stalling as much. You're giving yourself better opportunities, and now instead of being like third and long it is third and two or three and much more manageable you just don't know but the fact that you're consistently playing this undisciplined type of defense well i I, football in general because it was on mainly the offense in this game the fact that you cannot pull that together in a big game we've talked consistently about how big these games are getting this is a must-win game especially when it comes to tiebreakers that you have to have utah now has that over us for the rest of the season and even though we have another win at least better than them we're five and two they're four and two they're the only undefeated team left in the Pac-12 South, and they're going to have that over us for the rest of, like, I think it's seven games that we have, six or seven games. Yeah, the, the only bright side you got here is you're going into the bye week. It's time to seriously reevaluate what you're doing. You need to figure out why these penalties are happening. It's inexcusable at this point. And I, I know earlier in the season I said it feels like this is just going to be an evil that we have to deal with, but it shouldn't be. Quite frankly, I am beyond frustrated that I'm sitting here having having to tell myself, yeah, you know, it's just it's a necessary evil. It's just something we're going to have to get used to. No, it shouldn't be that way. These are things that need to be taken care of. And I, I'm tired of trying to say that it is what it is. It shouldn't be this way. Now you have two weeks to get it together. So Figure it out, Herm. I know you listen to this podcast. Figure it out. Dude, he's going to at you on Twitter. I, I hope he does. And and bring in cold takes for all, for all I care. Just get your crap together because I'm sick of penalties wiping out big plays and stalling out drives. Well, it's just it's, – it's not even like it's one, right? It's just – it's the amount of penalties each game – Sometimes they're necessary. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. If maybe the DB is getting beaten, instead of giving up the touchdown, they opt for the PI. Okay, but that's not what's happening. You have 13 penalties, and the majority of them are on the offense, right? So it's just a lot of, like, it is some holding penalties. It is a false start. A lot of this is so coachable. It's not going to not happen. You're going to have penalties, and sometimes they're going to be untimely. But the fact that you have easily over 10 a game, it's just so frustrating. Why can't you seem to figure this out? Well, and, and the other thing, I'll, ta- I'll take it to another level, is I'm, I'm not saying it's not disciplined football, but why does it feel like we get a targeting call every single week? Is it just me? It feels like every game that we've played, at some point in time, we have been flagged for targeting and or gotten a kid ejected. Like, it just... 
we got lucky this this last game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's there was one or two times where I feel like we could have totally been kicked out, and and we're not arguing that it shouldn't happen. That's again like lack of discipline trying to tackle properly. Yeah, that's fundamentals, right? Is that that's another thing that needs to be preached and taught down to. So Antonio Pierce needs to really get in with these defenders and figure out how are we going to correct these issues because once you get to let's let's say we went out. If you get to that Pac-12 conference game and you have to take on an Oregon, you can't afford to be losing defenders against an offense like that. Best case scenario, you get to the the uh, Rose Bowl and you have to take on a Penn State or an Iowa, you can't afford to lose your best players on dumb, dumb, dumb penalties like targeting. Avoidable penalties. Right? Very avoidable. And I understand that it, it's stuff that takes a lot of coaching to figure out, but you're on the fly right now. You're midseason. This continues to be a problem. Something needs to be done about it. We'll see, man. If I had to bet money, I, I just unfortunately don't think it will. Um, at the beginning of the season, maybe I could have opted for, well, they weren't playing in front of people last year. They didn't have to deal with crowd noise, so now that's creeping in. It's just it's a veteran team. You would think they've had to deal with this before, so it's not like this is brand new to them. If this was a ton of like uh, freshmen or redshirt sophomores playing and starting, I, I guess I would at least buy into it a little more. But it is lack of discipline on the individual players and lack of adjustments on the coaches as well. These are things that just they need to be cleaned up. Plain and simple. That's it. Speaking of adjustments, we talk a ton about how the second half defense always finds a way, or at least most of the games for the Sun Devils. Flip the script. Even if... Uh, so we allowed seven points in the first half. If you allow more than that, that's totally fine. We're, we're not going to come and say, wow, the defense really gave up 10 or 13 points in the second half. What was wrong with them? That wasn't the case. You gave up a ton. They left the first half with seven, and they scored 28 in the second half. Uh, we, we're not going to pin this again on the offensive defense because the offense didn't help out either side of the ball. Same thing with the defense. but Special teams, too. So just the, the team as a whole. This entire game was ugly. I, I was talking to family members, people on Twitter that I was engaging in contact with. Like, I didn't have any explanation for the way that this game went. I just, I after the first half, I think we probably had a, a conversation at halftime about how, man, we really feel like we could take on Oregon. We're not as afraid of them as we were week one. They've been exposed. We feel like we've got it going on. We just got exposed. We were like the kid from Home Alone where he's like, I'm not afraid anymore. Yeah, and then seriously. we go to Utah. And I, <laughs> ah! Yeah, so that's what just happened. Anywhere in Utah, both those games are away. Thank God we don't have to play Utah State this year. Yep. Yeah. Oh my God, we'd go zero and three. Yeah, seriously, we'd go zero and three, just plain and simple. So there you go. I, do you have anything else to touch on? Let's at least just level set um, for um, for this game. It's not like the sky is totally falling. Totally. It's just it's the way in which you lost was so disheartening. It just. You had momentum going into that half, and now you have to wait an extra two weeks to go play some football again. It is going to seem like an eternity, right? If you lose any week, it, it feels like, okay, we just need to get back in the win column. It's great that you have that bye. Take that time to get healthy. Just focus on your next opponent and do what needs to be done one week at a time. But it's going to seem like a very long time, man, until we finally start to get uh, that other win uh, or at least like wash this loss away from us. So with that being said, uh, come back for tomorrow's episode for a Tuesday edition of the Locked On uh, Sun Devils podcast. We're going to talk about what this means for the Pac-12 South going forward, 
As always, we're going to look at the updated AP poll rankings and find out where the Sun Devils fall, if they are even ranked. And lastly, it's just, it's time. You got to make these adjustments. We're, we're halfway through the season. It's time to, uh, to just put it all on the line, right? You can't afford to make these silly mistakes anymore and just start giving way to other teams in your, your division and your conference. Thanks again for listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios and find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36. Remember also follow our Locked on Sun Devils Twitter page. It's mainly where we do uh, a lot of our, our content throughout the week, especially during the games when we live tweet. Uh, that's going to be at LO underscore Sun Devils. Make sure you don't miss an episode. We provide content Monday through Friday. Uh, thanks for making the Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. We're available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, and the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Now make your second listen of the day, the Locked on Pac-12 podcast. You can get all of your daily Pac-12 news in less than 30 minutes with the Pac-12 expert, Cindy Robinson. You're listening to the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast.